Hey, this is Randy Robinson, and I'm the pastor of Everyday Church. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope this podcast encourages you, stretches your faith, and helps lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus. Let's do it. All right. Uh, last week, I shared a message called Jericho is only the beginning. And uh, we took a rapid fire road trip from Joshua chapter one through Joshua chapter six into the battle of Jericho. And I shared some of my personal journey in regards with the Bellevue Sportsplex and how that goes back all the way to 2005 and six. And I shared some of the history that Katie and I have had with the property that we're moving to in just a couple of years. And so if you want to hear more about that in detail, uh, go back to last week's podcast or YouTube and you can catch up on that. And I pointed out some parallels from uh, the book of Joshua and our journey as a church. So I'm going to give you a quick recap. Joshua 1, we talked about how it's God who sets the boundaries. We cannot expect the blessing of God Um, when we are willfully living outside of the boundaries that he has set for us. And we didn't talk about this in particular, but that's why comparison is so dangerous. When we're constantly comparing ourselves to others, the way we look, the things we have, the talents and gifts that we have, uh, when we compare that with what someone else has, it wreaks havoc in our emotions and it will destroy our contentment because we'll never be satisfied with what we have. We're always wanting what someone else has. And not only does it wreak havoc and mess with our emotions, but it will derail us from our God-given destiny. We'll find ourselves in someone else's territory trying to do what they were called to do, but frustrated because we can't do it as well as they can. This week I was talking to Carmen about being able to free up some of my normal work time so I could be at the building more to help with what's going on. And he said, you do what you do and let us do what we do. In other words, stay in your lane. And Carmen and I have worked on enough projects together over the few years that he knows that I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm the guy with the tape measure, and he's like, how far? And I'm like, I don't know. It's two dots past a half. (laughs) One dot past a quarter. I mean, outside of a drill, I really have no interest in power tools. That's not my thing. I prefer not to use tools that could cut off parts of my body. And honestly, it took years to accept this version of who I am. My grandpa was an electrician and a mechanic and a builder. He worked for and retired from Kentucky Utilities, a company similar to Florida Power or Duke Energy. My dad was an electrician and a lineman, climbing poles and putting up power lines and restoring power whenever a storm blew into town. And he told me stories of being on a 40-foot pole on the edge of a Kentucky mountain cliff working on electric wire. He's been electrocuted more than once. A pole fell down while he was working on it. He nearly cut off his arm with a chainsaw. No thanks. (laughs) My dad was a mechanic, always fixing things, taking things apart, putting them back together. My uncle, my dad's brother, was a phone guy, climbing poles, and like my dad, very mechanical. My brother is a phone guy, climbing poles and whatever else phone guys do. If you're a phone guy, I, I don't know what you do, but you do what I don't do. But the unspoken script that I grew up with in my mind was, you're not a real man unless you do what they do. And so for years, I felt like I was less of a man. I didn't know it at the time, but I now know that I was living in comparison. Now, I couldn't and don't want to do what they do, and they probably couldn't and don't want to do what I do. But that's how comparison works. It will trap you in someone else's territory, keeping you frustrated because you aren't like them. All right, that was just a side note. But the point is, stay in the territory that God 
has laid out for you. So number one, God sets the boundaries. Number two, from Joshua 3, we talked about consecration or setting ourselves apart. And then from Joshua chapter 5, we talked about needing a spiritual circumcision, that we cut away everything that's not of Him. And then number four, we talked about moving into the promised land, but not without the presence of the Lord. And we spent a little time talking about that, and I want to review a few of those passages of Scripture the, the children of Israel marched around the city of Jericho. And here's, here was some of their instructions. Joshua 6, verse 6. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. Verse 9 says the armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets and the rear guard followed the ark. Verse 13 it says the seven priests carried the seven trumpets, went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. And the armed men went ahead of them and the rear guard followed the ark of the Lord while the trumpets kept sounding. Again, the ark of the Lord is a representation of God's presence and authority. And this is super significant. Joshua knew what we have forgotten and often neglected is that it would be impossible to fulfill their purpose without the presence of the Lord. And so what did he do? He put an armed guard in front and in back, the ark of the Lord, which was what? The tangible presence and representation of God's authority was to be protected at all costs. And I said last week, and now here we are millennia later, living as if the presence of God doesn't even matter. When the truth is, there's nothing more important. And so we talked about protecting the presence of God in our lives at all costs. We're going to come back to that in just a moment. But the final point was the title of the message, which was Jericho was only the beginning. Jericho was the first city that they captured. It was dedicated to the Lord. Many cities and battles followed Jericho. And so we close the message saying, as we begin this transition, this isn't our promised land. This is only the beginning. There's more territory to explore and to take. And I don't necessarily mean physical land and buildings, but why not? What I really mean is people. There are hurting and broken people all around us. This move isn't the goal. It's merely the start of the next chapter to reach more people, to bring healing to more people. And you are a part of that. All right, let's go back to point four. They went into the, into the, the promised land, into Jericho, which was the first city. But they had to protect the presence of God at all costs. We talked briefly last week about this, how that seems even sometimes like an impractical point. Like we might be thinking, well, how do I get the presence of God in my life? Most of us don't want to ignore it. It's just that we don't even know how to get it, right? We don't even know where to start. Have you ever felt that way? In a lot of church circles, including ours, we frequently reference the presence of the Lord. Or we say things like the spirit of the Lord is here. But what does that even mean? Over the last several months, I've been trying to shift our thinking regarding God's presence. While we haven't done significant teaching on this, I've tried to add it to my short exhortations and encouragement because God is everywhere all of the time. The theological term is omnipresent. We're going to read some verses regarding this in a few moments, but let me give you one definition of omnipresence. The omnipresence of God is a theological concept that asserts that God is present everywhere at all times. Unlike human beings who are limited by space and time, an omnipresent God is not constrained by these limitations. Instead, God is fully present in every part of the universe simultaneously. 
The concept of God's omnipresence is derived from various biblical passages and is a fundamental aspect of many religious traditions. It signifies that God is not confined to a particular location, dwelling, or specific point in time. Instead, God is imminent in the entire creation, sustaining and interacting with it at all times. Now, we've used this example before, but I think it's such a simple concept that I find it very helpful. The radio is always playing. Right, if, you, if you like country music, you probably have 93.7 tuned in. If you like rock, you're probably listening to 92.9. I don't know if that's true. I had to Google it. If you like Christian contemporary music, you're listening to 88.1 or 88.7. If you like conservative talk radio, you're probably tuned in to the sky 97.3. Whatever you like, there's probably a radio station for that. But the key to hearing what is being played is tuning into that frequency. The radio was always playing, but it requires powering up the device and tuning in to the corresponding radio channel. Similarly, God's presence is always here, but sensing it or hearing his voice requires tuning in to the frequency. And so my prayers have shifted from, oh, God, would you show up to God? I know you're here. I pray that you would reveal yourself in a tangible way. And so if God is everywhere all the time, that means that he's with me when I'm at work. He's with me when I'm playing with my kids. He's with me when I'm at the grocery store, when I'm driving. He's with me all of the time. So how do I recognize his presence or his voice? So let's talk about something very practical. Galatians chapter 5, Paul is writing a letter to the church in Galatia. In verse 19, it's a very popular passage of Scripture. Some of you maybe can even quote it. It says, The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. Idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, and envy. Drunkenness, orgies, and the like. And I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. This list of things are often referred to as the acts of the flesh. And when these are present in our lives, we are likely tuning out the frequency that carries the voice of the presence of the Lord. Paul continues. Now, the rest of this list is often referred to as the fruit of the Spirit. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy, peace, forbearance, that's patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. I think we've unintentionally made the presence of God something strange, spooky or mysterious. When in reality, the presence of God can be very practical. Just taking and talking about this list of nine things that the Apostle Paul listed, we can begin to see when the presence of God or the Spirit of God is at work in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. When you're experiencing these fruits of the Spirit in your life, that's a tangible expression of the presence of God. Especially if these fruits show up at inopportune times. When you'd rather be angry and lash out at someone, but suddenly you sense self-control and you're able to reel those emotions back in, don't take that moment for granted because you've just experienced the tangible presence of God. 
Maybe you're in a high stress situation or you just got bad news of some kind. But instead, inside you feel a sense of peace. Others around you may be falling apart, but you're able to hold it together somehow. Again, don't take that moment for granted because that peace is revealing to you the tangible presence of the Lord. Go through the list on your own. When you experience these nine things, and there are others, you can rest assured that God is present. When you run into a grumpy server at a restaurant or employee at Publix, it's probably not true, more like Walmart. And, <laughs> but when you run into someone who's grumpy, you can know 100% of the time that it's not the devil telling you, be kind to that person, you don't know what they're going through. When you have thoughts like that, that is the Spirit of the Lord. Yes. All right, I have two quick points and then we're going to watch a powerful video to close out this, this message. One of the most famous psalms in the Bible is chapter 139. I won't read all of it for time's sake, but I encourage you to read it on your own. It's just full of encouragement. But speaking specifically to the point of God's presence being everywhere, David, the ancient king of Israel, writes this, Psalm 139, beginning in verse 7. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light becomes night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you. David is telling us that there is no place that we can go where God's presence isn't. And so the question becomes, if God is everywhere, why don't we experience him more often? And I think the answer to that, at least in part, is abundantly simple. It's that we don't look for him and we don't listen for him. If we want to be people who experience God's presence, we have to become people who look and listen for him. We know intuitively, no pun intended, that if we want to hear a certain radio station, that we must tune to that station's broadcast frequency. But we treat the presence of, of God or the voice of the Lord as if he's some impractical, impersonal force that only shows up and only speaks to a select few. This is simply not true. God's presence is everywhere all of the time and he is always speaking. But the reality is we're simply not looking or listening for him. We are so preoccupied with our lives that we cannot see him and we cannot hear him. But what we fail to realize is that if we will begin to look and listen for him, we will find him in our daily routines. We will find him in the mundane. We will find him wherever we are because wherever we are, he's already there. In his book, Replenish, Lance Witt writes this. He says, quote, preoccupation and speed can derail my ability to pay attention. I am learning a principle that enhances my ability to notice. Intention precedes attention. If we want to be attentive to the presence of God, it will start with us being intentional. That brings us to the final point that we're going to show a video. We have to slow down. This isn't something that I have time to do a deep dive into, and we will definitely revisit the topic of slowing down in the future. But thankfully, the point is self-evident. When, when we're in a hurry, we miss things. When we're just 
You know what I mean? You're cruising down the road at 90 miles an hour and something's going on over there. In order to see what's going on, what do you have to do? You have to, you have to slow down. Why does it seem that we experience God more often on a Sunday or in a group or corporate gathering than we do when we're alone and going about our normal daily activities? Does God inhabit buildings? We often refer to this as the house of God. But I hope this old Elks Lodge isn't the house of God because if God lives here, then we'll be in trouble when we move to our new location in a few weeks. No, God is everywhere, but God inhabits people. I do believe that there's something special about coming together with other believers and lifting up the name of Jesus collectively. There's no denying that something unique happens in this setting. But the truth is, is nearly every person who comes on a Sunday morning has intentionally slowed down and set aside two hours to meet with God. For the most part, we turn off our phones, we stop talking, and we posture our minds and our hearts to receive from the Lord. Not everybody. I know some of you are watching TikTok and pretending to read along in the Bible. But for the most part, we slow down and we are intentionally listening and looking for God's presence and His voice. Statistically, the majority of the people in this room only connect with God at church. And so when we say, hey, I don't really sense God's presence when I'm away from church, my guess is that there's no other time that you've set aside to be with Him. And I'll also say this, I'm confident that those in the room who consistently take time to slow down, eliminate distractions, and seek God are experiencing His presence significantly. I want to begin to close this message with, again, a video. It's a little old, but it's so powerful. Many of you have seen it before, but it never gets old to me. In the video, the speaker uses creation in the context of worship, talking about creation is crying out to the Lord. He's saying that creation is worshiping God 24-7. But I think it's also a perfect way to exemplify that God is everywhere all of the time. God truly is omnipresent. Let's watch this quick video. He says, praise him sun and moon and praise him all you shining stars. That's not just a poetic idea. That's really happening because stars don't just shine. Stars also sing. Let me just show you a couple more stars. This one is called the Vela Pulsar, and it's magnificent. It's a thousand light years away. It's a highly magnetized neutron star. Right. It simply means this star exploded into a supernova, and in the case of the Vela Pulsar, it collapsed back on itself in a magnetic entity, and as the pulsar, it began oscillating on its axis. This one oscillates 11 times a second on its axis. And as it is oscillating, you can see what's happening. It's shooting a radio frequency out of itself. When they aimed the radio telescopes at the Vela Pulsar, this is what they heard. And this is what this guy does 24-7, day and night, 365 days a year. This is what, from a thousand light years away, the Vela Pulsar sounds like right now. This is it. Listen to this. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I, that blew me away. I'm thinking, wow, this is incredible. 
You're like, well, what does it mean? I don't know. Is that some kind of Morse code for something? Or what, what, what does all that mean? I don't know what it means, but, and I don't want to you know, go too crazy here, but maybe the Vela Pulsar got wind somehow innately of Psalm 148, verse 3, and says, it says, praise him, sun and moon, and all you shining stars. We're a shining star. We should praise him. Well, how are we going to praise him? I know. Let's oscillate 11 times a second on our axis and see if we can send a radio signal into the universe that would join in the symphony of God's praise from all creation. It's singing. The stars are singing to him. I recently stumbled on 47 Tuck. It's a a beautiful uh, cluster of stars. We'll show you the picture of it here. There are 12 of these super giant blue stars in there, but the things that are of interest to us tonight are these millisecond pulsars. And right now tonight, while we're sitting in this room, the 16 recorded millisecond pulsars and 47 tuck are making this sound right now. beautiful who knew no God has his own string section he's beautiful and we've just looked at one 11 times a second pulsar and 16 millisecond pulsars and you start seeing Psalm 48 come to life but look down at verse 7 it says praise the Lord from the earth you great sea creatures in all deeps the, the whale songs could sound like this right here take a listen We don't know the expanse of the worship that is continually surrounding the throne of God. And our songs are great, but God isn't banking on our songs because he is surrounded by a symphony that's bigger than our wildest dreams tonight. Stars sing and whales sing and the birds fly. And I just tried to imagine what would it sound like if you could just for a second be God and hear what he hears. And I can't get us there tonight, but I, I came close. I had a friend who helped me with this little iPad program. And, and I'm not a DJ, but I, I just a little thing, just quickly, and I, I want you to see how this works. Now, this guy, we didn't look at his picture. He's PSR BO329-54. And he's only rotating one and a half times per second, which is not all that much, but we need him in our little experiment we're going to do here, okay? Um, and then we had the Vela Pulsar. You remember the Vela Pulsar, right? So that's that guy. That's a little too fast for what we're trying to do, so we're going to slow that down, okay? And so we're going to put the, uh, the millisecond guys in there, the ones you just heard. Here they come.
whales? Okay, those same whales that you just saw, undoctored and unedited, here they come. People need it really clear. Like, what are they singing? And we tried this, and you just gotta know this is unedited. We just dropped this on, and this is what happened. This is what they might be singing. God's presence is everywhere, all of the time. And you'll find Him when you become intentional about slowing down, looking, and listening. He sees you when you're sleeping, and He knows when you're awake. This video is like 10 years old or, or more, but it just gets me every time I see it. To think about the vastness of who God is 
And he created all of these things that are singing and worshiping. His presence is everywhere. And as technology progresses, I know we've all seen the videos of Charlie Puth and all these guys, and they, they'll take a sound, they'll flip a cup or a spoon, and they'll, they'll make a song out of it. But man, even in just the simple sounds of life, there is music and worship, and that's God. It doesn't have to be impractical and impersonal and scary and mysterious. It can be the fruit of His Spirit evident in my life. It can be me recognizing that God is everywhere all of the time. When I go outside and it's raining, I was here early this morning praying and when I left it was raining and I just said, God, may this just be a prophetic gesture of the spiritual rain that you will rain down on us today. And tomorrow or the next day, it's going to be beautiful and sunny. And we can walk out and we can sense God in the warmth of the sun and in the fresh air and in all of the things. My father-in-law posted a picture from his deer stand today as the sun rose in Georgia and fog coming over the swampy area and the sun just in the background. And I was like, there's God. There he is. His presence is everywhere. And you can experience it on a daily, regular basis if we'll slow down and we'll look and we'll listen for Him. Would you stand on your feet? Can we sing this song together as we begin to close? How great is harmony jump in and just find your part and say how great is our Pastor Randy and the entire staff at Everyday Church, we'd like to thank you for joining us today. For more information on the church, please visit us at everydaychurch.xyz.